Welcome back, Holligans, once again. My name is Joe. I am joined, as always, by Ryan. We're here with another vampire movie. This is October. We're doing vampire movies. And this time, I picked a movie that is probably one of my favorite vampire movies. And long before there was a black superhero out of Wakanda, long before Deadpool crushed it with an R-rated superhero movie, Blade came about. It was here before The Matrix, throwing at us some techno rave music. It had some bullet time. It did some things long before any of the things that are going on right now, and it gets zero credit for some of these things. And that's too bad. Blade is a fun movie. It was well done, well thought out. Some of the special effects might not hold up quite as well as other things, but it's got a story. It's got characters. And there's a buildup to things. It doesn't rush through things. It takes a little bit of time sometimes. And my favorite part about uh, recommending this movie was that Ryan had never seen it. I don't Mm -hmm. know how that's the case, but that was the case. So I'm dying to know. Ryan, what did you think of the old school Wesley Snipes in Blade? I I don't know why I hadn't seen it before. I I, I knew what it was. I knew the look I knew the pose that he strikes like towards the end where he's killed a bunch of them and he has his sword, like the tip of it towards the ground. Mm. And I've seen that sword. I don't know why, but like paintball and airsoft stores always sell replica swords. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've seen the blade sword like a million times at those. Mm -hmm. So I knew of it. And maybe it was just one of these things where it's like, everybody's talked about it so much. I just don't even want to bother. I feel like I've gotten enough of it through osmosis, but (laughs) I agree with everything you said. It gets, I think I, I do think it gets very little credit because I knew that it was, you know, a black led superhero movie, uh, long before a lot of the ones that we're getting now that are now, it's such a weird thing. I mean, I guess it's just, Maybe it's something that's being promoted by really young people where they're saying, you know, this is the first movie of this type. And it's like, no, you know, 1998 Blade, we did this. You know, a lot of the stuff that they're saying now is this groundbreaking, like brand new thing is stuff that's been around for a long time. It's just it wasn't promoted that way as far as I'm aware. I mean, I was a kid when this movie originally came out, but I don't remember seeing anything about like this is a huge thing for diversity or whatever. So. Yeah, because back during 1998, during the 90s, that wasn't as big a thing. There was no wokeness. There was no any of that. It was just a movie that came out starring Wesley Snipes with this fairly unknown Marvel comic book character, which until the movie Blade, I knew nothing about. I've not read any of the comics that he was in that had anything to do with him. My only knowledge of this character is through these movies. There are three of them, and spoiler alert, we will be reviewing the second one as well. The third one doesn't need to be talked about that much. Mm -hmm. It had moments, but not something we're going to do. But yeah, before any of this stuff, it it had to be known, oh, oh, it's it's this, it's the first time. And don't get me wrong, Chadwick Boseman did a great job as Black Panther. That movie was well done. Probably not the best movie Marvel ever did. It's got flaws like any other one has ever had, but good characters in it. It was a good movie, but they were promoting it as something that just was false. This movie did it first. If that's something that's important to you, if 
that's an important thing for your soul that the oh, when when did this happen first well it happened many years before you think it happened yeah but stepping back from that a little bit i really really enjoyed this movie i really had a lot of moments watching it where i just thought about like how beautiful the cinematography was and just the way film catches light it's why personally for my own hobby i tend to shoot film it just catches color and light and contrast in a, in a different way than digital. Even though a lot of stuff now is shot on film and digitized, it seems, I don't know, there's so much CG, it doesn't look the same. And it was so nice to see care taken in setting up a shot, showing where things were, showing what gadgets somebody had, rather than them just pulling that out at the last minute as a surprise. Like, they very carefully set up everything when it came to these fights. Everything he was going to need, everything he was going to use was there the whole time in sight. There was no trickery. There was nothing that looked like they had to change a plan at the last minute. You know, the effects were practical for the most part. So most of them hold up really, really well. The fights look great. The choreography is good. You know, there there are a couple areas where they dabbled in CG that you can tell and they don't quite look right. But for the most part, it holds up really, really well. I actually found myself thinking like this holds up a lot better now than Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, because that movie relied a lot on CG, which is always going to look dated at some point. You know, it's never going to be like, yep, this is it. And it's going to hold up forever now. So, yeah, I liked it. Good movie. I probably shouldn't have waited so long to see it. I should not have waited whatever it's been 23 years <laughs> since it came out to see it for the first time. And I, I, I liked everything about the characters that were in it too. I liked that the villain had something going on. You know, there, there was sort of like this race and class thing going on where it was humans versus pure blood vampires, which are born vampires versus ones that are turned. And that's what the main sort of antagonist was uh, Deacon Frost. Mm -hmm. He was turned, but he was very much like a vampire zealot. He was super into, you know, these myths and legends and things like that, more so than the ones that were born into it, you know, and he's kind of like fighting against this whole thing of like, well, you can't do this because you're not a pure blood. You know, it was, it was an interesting way to ignore human race and kind of focus on this weird class system. I just thought it was a really interesting way to go. And I'm dipping back into it a little bit, but I love the casting. I love that they were all different people and I never got the impression that they cast anybody because of the way they looked specifically. It was probably a behavior thing because they all had very distinct personalities, different ways of moving, different ways of talking. And it didn't seem like, the kind of per like it never looked like they were checking boxes like, OK, we've got an actor who's this. We've got an actor who's that. It's like they just wanted to create a realistic cast of characters for this situation. And they went with it. And I really appreciate that, you know, in coming from now when we have this thing where all these articles are about this stuff, like you and I were just talking not that long ago. And I want to see it. The, the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. The marketing was talking was heavily pushing there's going to be a black female agent who's kind of pushing bond aside at least that's what the marketing suggested and i think it was just something to provoke people it sure did and <laughs> mission accomplished for, yeah from everything i've seen that's that's just 
they're like, oh, that was clearly just a marketing ploy. You know, this person is the new 007. You know, there are only so many 00 numbers that get reused whenever an agent dies or retires. So, yeah, this is just a new person with that number. It's not somebody who's taking over. They're not going to be like the new James Bond going for it's not Jamie Bond or whatever they're going <laughs> to would call her. <laughs> Like, it's just a different character, but they they I think they just wanted to screw with people, particularly people who've been loyal to a certain character for such a long time. But yeah, this movie avoided a lot of those pitfalls and problems. And it's it seemed more progressive to me than most stuff we see today. Yeah, everything that was in this movie was relevant to the story you were watching. A lot of times they try and throw things in that it's oh, it was convenient that the female in this who ends up, you know, partnering up with Blade was a hematologist and worked with blood. And the way that it all played out, it just made sense how she was brought into it, why she was brought into it. I want to talk about the very beginning of this movie, the way it brings you in, because Blade does a really good job of setting up the vampire world. Like you talked about the purebloods, the non, the turned, how that, how that all works with the humans. Unlike other vampire movies that there have been, uh, the Underworlds, and I'm sure some other ones, that the uh, the more pure your blood is, the more powerful you are, or the older you are, the more powerful you are, doesn't really seem like it's that way with this, or at least they don't portray it that way in this movie. And I like that. It has. I don't know how much of that is coming straight out of the comic book version of Blade, how much was just done for the movie, but. I like that in this, uh, in the very beginning of this movie, the way they, they bring the audience into it. It's this guy who's being taken somewhere by this, by this girl. And he's just some average young man. He's, he's trying to get laid. He's got this hot girl who's taking him somewhere. It's like, Oh yeah, let's go party. Okay. Yeah. I'm down to go party. And she takes him to this like underground rave thing. And right from the very beginning, he, they, she like gets him in the door, but her and the other vamp, she's vampire, her and the other vampire who lets it, they're speaking some different language. And he's like, what is that? And he's like looking around like, what's going on? So they go in and there's a big rave and a dance and everything's going on. And she just like immediately leaves him. And he's like, he's there to be the eyes of the audience. And we're kind of seeing this world through his eyes at the, at the outset of this movie. And I really liked the way they opened it up with in blade for this, the, they're in some underground warehouse thing. They're all dancing. And then all of a sudden the sprinkler system goes off and it's blood and everybody, they're like raving in blood. And this guy's like freaking out. Like this is not right. And then all of a sudden um, the, the vampires start changing. Now it's not like in the last movie we did, Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter, where they become monstrous when they do monstrous things, which is an interesting way to go about it with vampires. And the next movie that we're going to watch, it's going to be more in that vein. But I think one of the things that makes vampires so scary is that they could be the guy next door. You can you can see them like he uh, like Blade explains to this young lady. You've probably met them and didn't know it. Things like that, that they can look exactly like we do. It's easy to say, oh, that's a monster when you can see that they're a monster. You know, like if everybody who was going to hurt children absolutely looked like, oh, that guy, I know that guy's the one who's going to do it. Well, that's easy to pick that out. That's why it's scary because you don't know. 
So whereas the last movie, I liked that about it, that they changed and when they were doing those kind of things. And this movie, it made me think about the opposite of that, why that makes them so scary. And I like thinking about that. But this opening, the guy's freaking out and then like all these vampires covered in blood and they're just getting ready to chow down on all these humans that they brought in, you know, under uh, false pretenses. And then everything like stops and Blade is just standing there. And they're all like, like whispering around, oh, it's him. Oh, it's Daywalk. Oh, it's that. And it just slowly pans up. Wesley Snipes all decked out. And it was such a great way to introduce this character. And he's great. He's not He's not your average superhero. He's not Superman. He's not Green Lantern. He's not, you know, any of the these nicey, nice Marvel, you know, Captain America. He's none of that. He's just fun and funny and likes what he does and he he kills vampires that's he kills vampires he's not in it to take them prisoner or to try and turn them back no he is wasting rooms full of vampires and that's what this is and it's fun it's a fun way to sit and enjoy the story that they put forth to you in this movie and i just from from the outset through the entire thing i liked most of the choices they made how the story played out, why they decided to bring in some characters or the the little things that they would reference and then would come back much later in the movie. And it was really nice that they took the time and effort and the thought they put into it to do those sort of things. And they just don't do that in movies as much anymore. And it's it's a shame. This is a really good example of how fun something like this can be, how well thought out something like this can be for an idea that's as ridiculous as I'm going to be a vampire hunter. Yeah. And even when they do have some kind of line, that's a callback in most movies. Now there's kind of like it stop. It, it feels like it breaks the flow of the scene. Cause they like linger on it. It's like, Oh, did you get that? <laughs> you know, the, I think the one you might've been referring to is that, did you ever have second thoughts about us? Mm how that, that line comes them. back. I mean, yeah, it's one of a few, but it's one that I was like, you know, just got me. It's like, Oh man, that one was good. And you there, didn't see it coming. No, I didn't. It, it was very natural. There was mm-hmm. no like wink and a nod. Like, remember this from earlier, the thing that happened earlier, there were so many scenes that were so well done and not, not what you'd expect, but things that made sense to happen that I just had fun watching this movie like i was actually laughing out loud watch and i knew that i sounded like a lunatic because my (laughs) fiance was still here for part of it while i was watching it and i had it on the tv but i was listening through headphones so she would have heard me just like oh man and just laughing and making all these noises and stuff and it was a really good time it was a really fun movie it's not particularly scary it does have moments there's a scene where you know it's in the very beginning but with donald logue's character where he, they think he's dead and he's not. Mm, yeah. And he just like, ju- oh man. Character that was so Quinn, good. I believe we're talking about. Say again. Quinn was the name of the character. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was very good. There was just a lot that was really good about it. It's a great movie. Great characters. Great actors. I love the relationships between all of them. I love Blade and Whistler as this sort of, you know, it. I know it shouldn't have but it gave me like Batman beyond kind of vibes. You know, there's like the young guy who's like taking over, who's like dark and serious. And he's the one like going out and doing the stuff. And then there's 
the guy who's kind of backing him up, who can go out in the field and show up if he has to, but he's mostly there to like teach the young guy. You know, they they know how to identify a vampire, like you were saying. You know, it's not one of these things where it's obvious who's who and what's what. The blade knows how they move. He knows what they look like, what they smell like. You know, Whistler probably doesn't know what they. Well, he knows what they smell like because he references at one point. It's like smells like <laughs> a vampire wiped its ass with this. But you know, he was saying like Whistler was saying that when he found Blade as a kid, he thought he was a vampire. You know, he found him feeding on homeless people or whatever, and he thought he was a vampire. So it shows that there's like, you know, there's a process for him too. He was going out. You know, what happened to him happened. And then he figured out how to do a lot of this stuff. And then Blade joined him as a kid and they worked together and found a way to make their arrangement better. And they cared about each other, but they never had to have like an extremely sappy moment or anything. There was one that was very like real, like it gets to you, Mm -hmm. but it's not the typical thing. Yep. You know, they never say anything like directly to each other. Like Blade's never like, I love you dad and then has to like turn away like avert his eyes or put his shades back on you know it's they have a an unspoken bond mm-hmm. and i appreciate that and i also appreciated that when whistler's telling his story he just says what happened they didn't have to and it's not bad but i think it's overused where every time you're explaining somebody's background and origin they show you know a whole like montage of like how this horrible thing happened Similar thing that happened in uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which I think worked really well, is showing the origin of Henry and what happened Mm -hmm. to him. I think it worked really well, but I think for this movie, it worked equally well for Whistler to just say what happened like really quick. It was like a 20 second thing where he just explains what happened to him and why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that that exact thing that I liked how in this because this is like a two hour movie. Yeah. It's not super, it's not like an hour and a half that's, uh, you know, jam-packed. You know, there's times in it where it slows down. And it was really nice that it didn't need to do that. They didn't need to have a whole other scene of young Chris Christopherson, who I think killed it as Whistler. Just the character that he was, he's filling up Blade's car with gas in this warehouse, spilling it everywhere as he's, he's like squeezing it before it's even in the gas tank of this car running down everywhere. And then he immediately lights up a cigarette and and it just, you know, this, I don't give an F attitude, but being serious about what they do when they're talking about stuff, it's not like he's joking about things. It's, this is serious business. Mm. And that was really good. I was You just beat me to it. Been ready to say that I like how, and a lot of times we don't like that where we talked about it in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, uh, Speed gets brought in, and it's just, well, I told him everything, and I it's just a little bit of exposition that kind of moves the story forward. This was a character moment where she was learning about the history of these people that she's dealing with, and just it was just well done the way they did it. It didn't have to be a big thing. It didn't have to be like the Henry uh reveal which worked in that movie i think that mm-hmm. worked as a flashback much better than the bringing the speed thing into the group into his team was i the the way they did things in this were just it was more i don't want to say revolutionary but it just had some really good decisions back then that other movies that are coming out now could learn from 
that they're doing things now and whether they're trying to just be edgy, which movies have been doing that for years, trying to push the envelope on what you can do and, you know, what's going to, what's going to surprise you. What's a twist and, you know, Uh different crap like that. This has some things in it. You didn't see coming uh, like the callbacks to different things that happened that they just little bits they referenced earlier in the movie. And I just enjoyed how it all played out without us going over everything that happened in the movie beat by beat, which I could easily do with this movie because it's so much fun. There's just you, the world of it, you're learning about, you're seeing little things when what I didn't write it down. What is her character's name? I should know, but I'm terrible. I should know too. Right. Cause I was trying to hold on to character names. Uh, Karen Jensen, Dr. Karen. Karen Jensen. Oh, Huck, it's Karen. How do we not know? She is not like that's Karen from 1998 is not Karen that we know today. So <laughs> Karen is wrapped up in this world and uh, Blade ends up using her as bait. And at first she's like, you, you use me as bait. And he's like, get over it. Like there's just things in this that, and she did just get over it. She was like, like she's slowly beginning to understand, you know, the hardcore nature of the world underneath the world that she's used to. And she really adapts well to it quickly. And I liked her as a character. She was believable in the things that she wanted to do. Like Blade had his own goals in line with Whistler, but she had her own goals. Like the villains had their own goals, whether it was the vampire council or Deacon Frost himself and what he wanted to do. And it just, when those are the things that are happening, when you have characters that aren't just there to expunge information or to be a comic relief or that they all have their own goals, even the little familiar of Deacon Frost, the cop that he blade used her for bait. He was what uh, blade caught using her as bait. And that scene, the way he is just, he's just right behind that guy and and just proceeds to just kick the crap out of him all over the apartment. He's breaking her shit. Like he doesn't care. She's like, is this really necessary? Like, is there dining room tables in half? And he's just smacking this guy around in a way that is exactly what would happen if a man with the abilities of blade was just taking on a regular human person. And, but even him, even that familiar guy, he had his own goals of what he wanted or what he was supposed to do. And mm, just, I enjoyed, I've enjoyed this movie for such a long time. I am really glad that I got to make sure that you didn't miss this one because regardless of whether or not it came out in 98 or 2018, this is a good movie. It's a very good movie. So do you have any complaints about it? Oh, because I can start off. I have one kind of nagging thing. I mean, oh, okay. No, I have, I have, I think I have three total three things that kind of made me like raise an eyebrow. Like, go ahead. I don't know if I do. I honestly don't know. I might agree with whatever you're going to say. I just don't know if I do. So there's a scene where they're escaping via a subway tunnel. Right. And Whistler disappears. And it was such a quick thing that removed him from the scene. I didn't catch what happened. Mm. 
and I wanted, I almost rewound it. And then I was like, no, that was just a thing that had to happen because they have to get away more swiftly than him with his brace leg could, could move. Cause blade's just like, he can handle himself. What was it that took him out? Like how, what happened to where did he go? I don't know. It looked like the train took him out. Yeah. Like, like almost like what the... blade did where he grabs her and he's waiting for the end of the train to come. And she's like, no, 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 no. Don't <laughs> like, you're not going to do this. And he absolutely just grabs like the rail at the end of it and gets whiplashed around. Um, it kind of looked like that, but okay. if he does that, he did. His both of his arms are just going along with the train and his body's still standing there. Yeah. Like, Oh, that was, a, that was a poor decision. <laughs> so no, yeah, that was one of those director needed it to happen. So I can, I can grant you that. That's that okay. seems fair. Yeah, it's small. So, so there's another one where they're using at least one of the vampires. Let's I'm not going to spoil anything is using sunscreen to try to go out in the sun and it's working at least mm-hmm. to an extent. But his eyeballs don't have sunscreen on them. The inside of his mouth doesn't have sunscreen. He's opening his mouth. He's talking. He's looking up at the sky. Just a little inconsistent. That's fair. And then there's a scene. I've heard the line before. The always trying to ice skate uphill. I'll skate uphill. Yeah, I, knew, I wondered if that was going to be the line. <laughs> I've heard that before as a like, you want a line that doesn't make any sense? Here you go. Here's this. Not a complaint. Just odd. Just really, really odd because there's no reference to anything like that earlier. Like there's nothing that leads up to it. And I almost bring up these little points to illustrate how well everything was done. Like everything else was planned and choreographed so masterfully that Whistler just kind of being like, all right, I'm out. And then he's just gone. Mm -hmm. Seemed a little jarring. It's like, oh, but yeah, he just needs to be gone for the rest of the scene to happen the way it's going to happen. And then that line's a little weird, but there's probably something that was going to go in the original script that didn't, that would have explained it. And then they just used it anyway. Like, ah, let's just leave it in. Give him this like weird thing that he says for no reason. And then the, you know, I mean, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can really like realistically explain. So the sunscreen thing, I'm not even worried about because it didn't really become a big thing. It's literally like a thing that they tried you know, that had no real consequences on anything. Yeah. It wasn't like they suddenly became daywalkers or anything, not to spoil it, but it's just something that they did. (laughs) But I mean, you make a fair point. Like his, his eyes, like looking around, like you feel like if you're a vampire, your eyes are just as susceptible to the sunlight as the rest of you. Mm -hmm. So I don't, don't really know. Maybe if he worn sunglasses, that that would make Mm -hmm. a little bit more sense. Like I, I might, I might get that, but the just the story, the way it was all done. I've always liked Blade from the first time I ever saw it. And f- the action scenes are well done. The choreographing for the fights, they're they're fun to watch. Like he the whether it's men, women, like they talk about that. You can't show a man hitting a woman in a movie. Well, maybe that's anymore. Because in this, there was a scene with a young girl who he just eventually, oh, all right, bam, like had a backhander. She was, you know, kind of came after him after acting like she was just some kid who was stuck there, probably young teenager, Yeah, I would say. Not like super small, but he's like, oh, well, I guess you're one of them. Boom. And he treated her like he treats all the rest of them. Yep. So 
last thing I really have to say is just I want to reiterate, even though we've talked about not kind of beating on a point so much, but I just love how consistent everything was. I love that there are certain points like there's a particular um, characteristic of his sword that is discovered early on and it's not ignored later. It comes up again and again, like they, mm-hmm. they address that. It's one of these things that, you know, I, I feel like there are movies that I've seen that'll have like, oh, well, when you use this, you have to do this thing. And that only plays into it once or twice. And then the rest of the time it's completely ignored. Everything is just normal. But in mm-hmm. this, there are these characteristics and functions of his weapons and armor that are explained. They're they're shown and then they have to be addressed every single time it comes up. It's not it's not something that, yeah, that only happens when it's convenient. It's like, no, it that's something that happens every time it's used. And this is how he deals with it. And I just I really, really appreciate the consistency because there's nothing to nitpick at. Like, why did this happen here? But not here. Mm-hmm. And there were no like, you know, like Marvel type massive changes in his abilities or his powers or whatever he doesn't just gain an ability because he should have it or you know he kind of runs through some of the enemies at one point but that's a function of you know serum versus blood versus whatever else you know it's kind of like what he's running on Mm -hmm. like he's on high octane stuff in a a particular scene where it's like that makes sense you know yeah i mean there's for for all twilight stuff one thing that they did that actually made sense was they made newborn vampires much stronger than older vampires because vampires are stronger when they feed on human blood and a new vampire is full of human blood. So they're really, really strong for a little while. Oh. Kind of makes sense. Okay. All right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because I read all those books. Because one of my friends in like high school somehow wound up talking to my mother and told her that I should be reading those books. So my parents bought them for me without really knowing what they were. I mean, you still read them. I did. You you chose to do that, but you know, if it was a girl who recommended them, did you really have a choice? Mm, I mean, debatable. trying to impress her. Yeah. Look, did you see me? I read all this before it was cool. Before it was cool. Uh, yeah. Cause reading is so cool now. <sighs> It's cool now, not cool then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, that's all I've got. That was a really, really good movie. I really enjoyed it. And I'm excited for the next one, although I think we should have something else in between. We are. We're so, going to do I already have in between what's going to happen. There was one more thing that I thought there's a scene and this could be considered a gripe. There's a showdown scene that happens and uh, one vampire happens to make this leap thing at Blade, and it's just the way it ends up. It just reminded me of playing, you know, old school land parties when we would play Quake or Unreal Tournament, and you would be on something like a jump pad. Yeah. Don't ever, don't ever do that because as soon as you're in the air like that, you are a sitting duck. You're not moving left. You're not moving right. You're only on one single path, and if you're good with that rail gun, boom, that guy's you toast. You are. Oh, sir. And that's what it is. And so it just reminded me of that. Some some old school stuff from back in the day. And, you know, that that particular scene. And for what had already happened in that, watching that character just make this weird, like, leap. Like, ha ha, I'm going to get you. And it was, you know, 
what they needed to have happen for the movie. I think it was one of those moments, but still in all the way everything played out, um, really fun. I will say I did find out, um, and this was years ago or watching like the, cause I have the DVD. So watching the behind the scenes, some of that stuff on the DVD, though, uh, the whole Lamagra thing that was going to be completely different. Like that was going to be a full, super huge CG, C, CG, like blood monster encompassing a very large area kind of a thing. And they mm-hmm. chose to not do that and to go the route that they did. And I, I think that was a much better decision in the long run. Yeah, I think Especially so too. For, you know, holding how it holds up. Cause you can, the CG stuff that's in this, you can tell that it is early ish CG kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but because they use it so infrequently, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter for the movie. No, it didn't really have much of an impact. It didn't make it seem too dated. Mm-hmm. It's just every once in a while, like, oh, that's that CG. Mm-hmm. And there was some stuff they could have done in CG that would have looked terrible, but they they went practical on it. So there was a, a moment in the movies where something happens, and I wanted to tie it as a reference to something that happens in another movie. Uh, that movie would be Big Trouble in Little China. But if I remember, remember correctly, you haven't seen that either. Mm-mm. No, I actually have it. I wow. went uh, with uh, somebody I knew to, I think, Vintage Vinyl. And they had a copy a copy of it there. And I, I was like, oh, I've always heard of this, but I've never seen it. And she was like, you should totally buy it. So I bought it and I never watched it. We were going to watch it together and then we quit hanging out. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing. She was not wrong. That is a hundred percent a movie. Oh, you haven't? Yeah, just buy that. Absolutely, just buy that. So I don't know. Yeah, it's actually on my shelf in my living room. I just, for whatever reason, I haven't watched it. Like I don't know what. Like I want to do. We're trying to do these themes for a month, you know, and and see how that goes. See how you all like it out there, Halligans. But I don't know when we're gonna fit that one in. But don't worry. Big Trouble Little China is definitely coming at some point because it's too good to not to. Ooh. But since you haven't seen it, no point in me tying that in. It is what it is. I think I, that's it. That's all I got. I got nothing else for this movie. If you haven't seen Blade at this point from 1998, see Blade. Like, it's Wesley Snipes at the absolute height of his career. I mean, I know he's come back. I mean, you could say come back. He has been making movies fairly consistently between when he started and now. There's just, if you look on IMDb, there's a bunch of stuff. Most recent thing I remember seeing him in was uh, the Expendables three. He was one of the the action stars that they added for that series. Which the Expendables is fun. It's a fun series of movies. So is that it? Do we can do we call this? I want to know. We calling this a watch? I mean, it has to be right. It has to be a watch. Absolutely a watch. It's available on HBO Max. I think is where we watched it. I don't know. Well, at least that's where I watch it. You probably have it on. I do indeed. DVD or Blu-ray. Yep. Not sure where else it's available. Maybe your Nowhere local library. Yeah. Maybe your local library. It's something we promote every once in a while. Your mm-hmm. local library probably has a lot of stuff on DVD and Blu-ray that you can go and check out, or you can request it from someplace. They even have uh, services for audiobooks. Like in this area, there's one called Libby where mm-hmm. you can log in using information from your library and you can check out eBooks and audiobooks. It's got a weird system where only a certain number of people can have it out at a time, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like it's just neat that it's available at all. 
it's cool that they're that modern. Yeah, it's, it is. And always, always like the library. That's a great one. But I think that's it for us today, Halligans. Uh, this was Blade. Old, you know, at this point, 23-year-old movie. But holds up really well. Fun. Well done. And if you, for some reason, have not seen it, maybe you're too young to have seen it when it came out and you didn't know about it. Watch it. If you like vampire, you like action, just fun. Watch it. Watch this movie. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, where can they get a hold of us? They want to tell us that they loved it, that they hated it, that they want to tell us what movie to watch next. Hit us. Hit us up. We will gladly accept criticism. Well, maybe not gladly, but we'll gladly accept praise and suggestions on Twitter at MovieHowl, and we can be found via email. Our email address is MovieHowl at gmail.com. It is indeed... Thank you once again, Halligans. You listened this far. You hear us rant. You're hearing us rave about this movie. We appreciate it. Always. And unless I am mistaken, I've been Joe. I've been Ryan. And we are out.